what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast, brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me again today is Hani Amadian, and that can mean only one thing, that the Lakers came away with a win because I said on the last podcast he would not be back if the Lakers lost again, dropping him to 0-2 in the finals. But he's he's here. Hani, we get to, me and you, this is the first time we get to talk about an NBA Finals win together because I had Jacob on the first two, so... I mean, this is this is a historic moment for us. This is a historic moment, and uh, because of of the nature uh, of this podcast for us, I, I want to open with with a quote uh, by the poet Robert Palenka, uh, <laughs> where there was a time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, and all of a sudden, bread came down from heaven. That's kind of what today feels like for us. Now, KCP join. <laughs> I, I'm really glad you brought that up because I totally planned on bringing it up if you didn't. So I'm glad we got it out of the way uh, real early. But, man, KCP was an absolute lifesaver in this game. And we're going to talk about game four of the NBA Finals. The Lakers beat the Miami Heat 102-96 to to go up three games to one in the NBA Finals and move one win away from the team's 17th NBA championship. We've been waiting 10 years for it. And we're right on the doorstep now. It feels uh, pretty crazy to to say and just pretty crazy to think about, but it's uh, it's almost here. It's almost here. Maybe maybe we get that moment on Friday. Oh, I, I sure hope so. If we do, we are partying on here, and I hope everybody joins us. You you guys may get to see a very drunk Gary Kester, <laughs> and yes, I'm talking about myself in the third person. I'm I'm designated driving the podcast on Friday. He will be. Uh, hopefully, he'll be doing most of the talking, and I'll just <laughs> chime in here and there. But hey, we've had Anthony Irwin uh, on this pod before, and he's always got a drink in hand. So how how much worse can it get, right? So shout shout exactly. out shout out to drunk Anthony, not sober Anthony, just just drunk Anthony. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we dive in, guys, as always, we're doing these live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. You can follow us there. You can also now subscribe to us there for as little as $5 a month. Uh, I believe you'll get an ad every time you click on the stream, and if you subscribe, you will not have to deal with any ads. Um, and it helps out a group of a group of guys and girls that have put in so much time, uh, energy, effort, and work into the, into the site. And it would mean a lot uh, if if you guys do subscribe. But if not, you can follow us on Twitch. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and you can like us on Facebook. And to join us in the in the chat, like I said, guys, um, I'm pretty sure you have to either follow us on Twitch, Facebook, or subscribe on YouTube for your chat to stay up for me to be able to see. I can see it pop up on my screen, but um, it I don't think it stays up there if you're subscribed um, on on one of those three platforms. So. Just click that button and uh, you'll be part of the conversation every time. We'll, we'll answer you guys' questions and all that stuff at the end of the podcast. So, um, And then, as always, I'll edit this uh, after the fact and throw it up on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can hopefully listen to it while you're at work, at class, whatever you're doing tomorrow uh, or today by the time you're listening to this. And uh, we could talk about the Lakers being that much closer to winning an NBA championship. Hani, this was... I've seen a lot of people say this, but this felt like the first game of the series that felt like the NBA Finals because it was tough. It was kind of ugly at times. It was just a physical and mental battle. And stress levels were at an all-time high for this playoff run. And the Lakers really had to dig deep in this game to to, to really pull it out. 
Yeah, it was one of those just brutal playoff games where uh, no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to play a perfect game. Like you're, the Miami Heat are not going to let you play the way you want to play, and the Lakers are not going to let the Heat play the way they want to play. And it's just haymaker after haymaker against each other. This game never got uh, out of nine points. Uh, I think the biggest lead of the game was nine points uh, by either team. It was basically back and forth the entire game. It never felt like either team had control of it. Even when the Lakers led for most of the second half, it, it was always so close that uh, you definitely felt like Miami uh, had a chance of stealing it, especially when, God, when Duncan Robinson banked in that three. <laughs> and then, like, maybe a couple of possessions later, LeBron just bumps into Rondo and the ball pops loose and Jay Crowder hits a three. <laughs> Dude, I, I thought it was over. I was like, Miami's winning this. There's just some higher being wants Miami to win this and make it a 2-2 series. And you had Adebayo banking in a jumper. Luckily, that did not yeah. count. But I was like, at yeah. the end of the shot, I was I almost just threw something. I was just like, I, there, can't, I can't take this anymore. There was a Tyler Hero floater that went up to Mars and back. <laughs> it was just insane, some of the shots that were going in. But that's how the playoffs go, man. Like. There's such great defense being played by both teams that you just need these insane shots to go in. And ultimately, it was the Lakers that that got enough of <laughs> enough of the basketball going into the hoop, and, and they won the game. Yeah, it was unreal, and it, it kind of made me feel like uh, some past Laker playoff runs because you had some different guys step up. LeBron struggled in the first half, was better in the second half, but still I thought kind of settled a little a little too much, um, really kind of fell in love with the three-point shot, especially the long threes, which he did start to hit some of his some of his jump shots, which was huge because the Lakers mm-hmm. were really sc- scratching and clawing for offense in this game and got a big lift from, I don't want to say an unlikely source, but uh, maybe a guy you don't expect to step up in the, the situations that he did step up tonight. Catavius Caldwell-Pope, man, give that dude the game ball because he was unbelievable – and stepped up in a big way in crunch time in this game. Got the Lakers off to a pretty strong start offensively. Mm-hmm. He was aggressive. He hit some shots. And in this game, man, when it came down to it, it was it was close. It was <laughs> stressful. But KCP hits a big corner three, and then he has a drive to the basket uh, that I believe put him up seven with two minutes to go. He was he just made big play after big play tonight. It felt like, and defensively, I thought he was really good too. So just all around yeah. performance. I mean, Contavious Caldwell Pope, man, tip your cap to him. And it's, it's, it's a really cool story for me. Just kind of thinking throughout the course of this whole season, right? That's lasted a full calendar year. To start, I mean, last October, we're talking about how poorly he's playing and how bad he's playing. Some of the worst basketball of his career, maybe the worst stretch of his career, just could not seem to get anything to go right. And here he is in the NBA Finals making big plays that help put his team up 3-1 and one win away from a championship. He's sort of been the perfect embodiment of this Lakers team as a whole. Um, And that he, like you said, he, he is an unlikely sort of source uh, a, a source of both offensive defense and just being such an incredibly crucial player for this team. We've kind of banged the drum all year of they don't really have a third best player. It's sort of a committee approach and each game a, a different player can step up. But KCP has been that guy more often than not. He's been probably the most reliable third option on this team. Um, and 
like you said, the, the way he started the season, I think the first little glimpse of, we got of this Lakers team's sort of camaraderie and, and chemistry was um, KCP going through those struggles and his teammates, uh, including Dwight Howard, I think most notably, kind of coming to to his defense, even on social media, telling fans to quit it <laughs> and, and that they're behind this guy and they believe in him and they believe in his talent and, and his ability and his uh, work ethic. And KCP turned it around and became a great player. And, uh, you know, you kind of see it now where there might be games when a, a different player is, is having a tough time. Uh, you know, Danny Green's obviously struggled in these finals, for example. And KCP's been the guy that's uh, been backing him up and, and, and saying that he has faith in Danny uh, figuring it out. Um, th this team, I don't think, would have worked all year uh, as well as it has if it didn't have the sort of right people, not just the right players, but the right people in these situations that have just meshed so well for, you know, most of these guys have had not played with each other at all before this year. And, and they really had that bond from the beginning. And I think that truly it really shows the difference between a team like the Lakers and, and say the Clippers, for example, who blew a three, one point lead or a three, one lead in, in the previous series. It's important to remember that. Um, uh, the difference really uh, in a lot of ways was their chemistry. It wasn't much of a talent difference. The Clippers are a super talented team, uh, a well-coached team for the most part, but uh, there were chemistry issues and the, the players admitted to it at the end of the year as well. And the Lakers really didn't have those problems. And KCP, I think, was sort of the perfect representation of how close this team has been. And now it's paying off in, in the biggest game of his career the biggest game of most of these dudes' careers, and it's it's just really amazing to see that. I'm so happy for him. It gave me uh, some some Derek Fisher type vibes with yeah. some of the shots that he hit down the stretch. Uh, I think somebody, uh, I think it was Brian at Run the Jewels on Twitter that said it kind of reminded me reminded him of Game Three um, against the Boston Celtics in 2010, where Fisher in the fourth quarter was just unreal and had a crazy layup where he just got clobbered by three guys that was really yeah. the dagger and yeah it that's kind of the that's kind of a characteristic of a championship team right you have those role players a lot of people say role players win championships <clears throat> they definitely i don't know if they necessarily win championships but you have to have them in order to get there because i, I guess i i'm more of a believer of your superstars win championships I and mean, when we saw anthony davis hit a huge three in this game as well and we'll talk about his his game here in a second but you got to have those those super those superstar players to carry you, and then the role players got to be able to feed off of those guys, and and step up and make big plays in in big moments. And KCP was that guy tonight. We've seen it from a, a couple different guys, you know, throughout this this playoff run. I think Caruso's had, you know, some some big moments um, against what was it against Houston. I think in in Game Four when uh, Houston yep. came roaring back and. Caruso hits the dagger three. Rondo's had different moments where he's been really good, and I thought today he was actually—I mean—pretty good, better than his scoring stat line would indicate. But um, yeah, man, it's just a characteristic of of a championship team having different guys that can step up, and that's what we've said about this team all year long: is that we don't know exactly who their third best player is, but that's what makes them dangerous: is that it could be a different guy seriously any night it could be Danny Green it could be KCP it could be Rondo it could be Caruso it could be Markeith Morris who they picked up on the buyout market at the trade deadline it could be Kyle Kuzma like you go down the entire rotation I mean it could be any one of those guys for a variety of reasons whether it's defense 
shooting, rebounding, passing, like for in Rondo's case, usually. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. This this team. Obviously, I think a lot of people. I, I feel like a lot of people expected the Lakers to win this game. This game went about how I thought it would go. I think a lot of people thought, oh, if the Lakers just play harder, they'll, they'll be fine. I knew Miami was going to be ready, and getting Adebayo back, I think, was uh, a pretty nice spark for them. Obviously, it's it's a different element, right, with Adebayo as opposed to mm-hmm. Olenek, who just kind of stands on the three-point line and, and shoots a lot of threes, where Adebayo is more in the paint than, than uh, Olenek or, or Myers Leonard would be. But just credit this team, man. This was... This was a gut check win because Miami would not go away. The Lakers could not ever get separation. It seemed like seven was the the farthest that they could get to. I think until Davis hit the three that put him up nine, and mm-hmm. they they just had to dig deep and and find a way to win the game. And they they did it in different ways throughout this game. Whether yeah. it was defense, whether it was offense, rebound, what whatever. Like they they had to really dig deep, especially with. I think the the frustrations early on with the free throw disparity in this game yeah. was pretty overwhelming, and I think the Lakers got frustrated. I know I got frustrated with it, but they uh, they flipped the script and, and and just found a way to win a game. And it's I don't know this team continues to just impress me, and we've seen it all year long, which is crazy. Man, we were running plays down the stretch of a close game in the NBA Finals where LeBron was standing in the corner and Rondo or KCP was handling the ball. Mm-hmm. The trust these dudes have for each other and the way that they've been able to back it up has been so fun to watch. It's just really cool to see these dudes that um, at various stages of their careers have really, really been doubted. Uh, we have all doubted Rondo uh, literally his entire Lakers tenure. We've had our doubts about KCP throughout his Lakers tenure. Um, and even guys like Kuzma and Morris and Cruz or whoever you want to add, they, they all made contributions in a really, really tough finals game. And a huge one, a, a game, the difference between going 3-1 or 2-2 in a series is so massive. Mm-hmm. And like LeBron talked after the game saying it's one of the biggest games of his career. Which is insane for a dude who's been to ten. He went to ten straight finals at one point, or however many finals in in a row. Um, man, it's it's uh, it's so cool to see these dudes really stepping it up on, on literally the biggest stage in basketball. I would just like to add that I had never had doubts about Alex Caruso. I just want to, <laughs> to clear the air on that. I don't want to be thrown under the bus for that. Also. I hope Caruso's okay because, man, he took a beating to tonight. I, I was going to say Jimmy Butler was throwing him under a bus every fucking play today. <laughs> Poor Caruso, man. But, hey, that's that's his team, and this team is is tough, man. And I think when you look at years past, and I think the, the 2008 Lakers kind of learned a, a pretty hard lesson in having to be tough and be tougher to win a championship. And I think Kobe Bryant said that. A number of times in 2009 is that that loss to the Celtics really taught them that they had to be mentally tougher, they had to be physically tougher, and this team is physically tough. And Caruso is, a, I mean, a great embodiment of that because he mm-hmm. just took a beating tonight, but he just kept getting up and just kept doing his thing. And Anthony Davis took a beating tonight. He got whacked a couple times. One time Butler shoved Caruso into AD, which was a very dangerous play. And yeah. luckily AD was, was a little banged up but was able to – shake it off and finish this game and looks to be okay. But yeah, this team is just tough mentally and physically. And I I think we had, uh, we had some doubts, I think not doubts, I guess just 
we kind of wondered a little bit about this team's mental toughness earlier in the year because everything was yeah. going really well because they kind of had a pretty soft open to the to the season schedule wise, and then it seemed like when they got when they went up against a team that punched them in the mouth, they they kind of folded a little bit and it was like, oh, we don't we don't like this, and mm-hmm. um, they they've really overcome that because this this Heat team is going to repeatedly punch you in the mouth and then they're going to keep hitting you with jabs and you just got to keep coming forward and that's what this Lakers team did today. Even when some things didn't go their way, you know, like Hero shooting a shot to the that banked off the moon and came straight down and threw. I'm pretty sure he threw that shot up just to get it over AD because he immediately ran to the basket. Yeah. Like he was just like, all right, let me get this up there and then go try and rebound it and it just went through. But and then you got guys banking in threes and all that stuff and but I mean, as devastating as stuff like that can be, the Lakers just keep powering through it. They just keep plugging away and they just keep playing and and doing what they have to do to win these games and they're one went away from capping off what's been just an incredible year and just an absolute joy to watch and maybe one of my I mean I, I'm not like old or anything I haven't seen been around for five decades but uh one of my favorite Laker teams ever um it would be really cool for this team to to really cap this thing off on Friday and and get out of the bubble with the, with the Larry O'Brien trophy yeah, um, this team, <laughs> it feels like the, the the one overwhelming characteristic of this team has just been them completely flipping every script that anybody has written about them, whether it's fans of the team or, or media or fans of other teams. Um, <laughs> it, it really sticks out to me that uh, throughout the regular season, there was this like, as much as the Lakers were great, there was this little thing in the back of our minds where we're like, man, fourth quarters and close games, Anthony Davis has been really awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just doesn't get shots up, or when he does, he hasn't been efficient. His jump shooting has been awful. And he's just in the NBA Finals hitting daggers, uh, shooting 60-50 and 100% from the free throw line <laughs> in the NBA Finals. And that's including a bad game, quote-unquote, by his standards in, in game three. Um and he's just one of a, a few guys that have con, uh, continuously done this all playoffs long. Um, it's really cool to watch that. It's just uh, seeing the evolution of this team uh, live and, and in real time has just been really cool. We, I think we bring up a single game plus, plus or minus pretty much every pod. And you always take it with, <laughs> with a grain of salt, right? But yeah. Anthony Davis's plus 17 tonight was very reflective of his time on the court. Yeah. And it's it's pretty crazy to, to look at that and say he was plus 17 to 42 minutes, which means uh, he was what, minus 11, or the Lakers were minus 11 when he was off the court in those six minutes. Um, yeah. That's very telling. That's very telling. And you could see it just by watching this game. Like, it matched the eye test. Anthony Davis, when people look at his stat line, if you didn't get to watch the game, you look at his box score, you think, oh, okay, he had 22 points, he had nine rebounds, he had four assists. 8 of 16 shooting, hit two of his four threes. That's pretty good. It's not great for, by Anthony Davis standards by any means. Yeah. But he had a steal. He had four block shots and countless other shots that he altered. His defense in this game, honestly, to me, was the most valuable aspect of this win because Absolutely. Jimmy Butler, for I mean, that first quarter was 5 of 5. He continued mm-hmm. to just terrorize the Lakers and one really good counter that Frank Vogel went to was said, we're going to put Anthony Davis on him a lot more. He didn't guard him the, the entire game from quarters two through four, but he guarded him a very 
large portion of that of those three quarters and he made I mean he made things extremely difficult for Jimmy Butler like I said he started five for five in this game he finished eight of 17 so he went three of 12 after the the first quarter and he still had a great game he had 22 points 10 boards nine assists like Jimmy Butler is playing un, unbelievable basketball in this series but you could yeah. there was a stark difference when Anthony Davis started to cover him and, and you could tell they were basically treating him like teams have always treated Rondo when he has the ball, where they're playing far off of him, basically daring him to shoot threes, which was a really nice adjustment that I'm glad because Jimmy mm-hmm. was killing them off the dribble, going towards the rim, and either getting you know separation with a little step-back jumper or a turnaround jumper or just getting all the way to the bucket and drawing fouls, finishing around the basket. So the Lakers said, no, you're going to shoot jumpers in this game. Or we're going to put AD on you who can really contest those. And if you drive into AD, good luck getting the ball up and over him and you could just tell the difference man ad's defense in this game that was one of the better defensive performances individually i think you'll ever see especially on this stage yeah there is not a single person like anthony davis in the world like his uh, just ability to guard literally any person you ask him to guard um i don't think there's anybody else that can do that Truly, like there are some great, very talented players in the NBA, very great defenders. I think Giannis is a great defender. If you want to say he was worthy of defensive player of the year, I will kindly disagree. But I, you know, I I won't fight you on it uh, as strongly as I would like to. But I, I think AD's versatility, not just versatility, but being really effing good no matter who he guards. It's not just that, oh, he's not a liability if he's guarding a point guard. It is that he will shut that person down. Mm-hmm. Um, and having that sort of just trump card in your back pocket anytime a Jimmy Butler starts going off or, or you know, the opposing team's best center, let's say Nikola Jokic is going off, let's say Jamal Murray is going off, having AD there to be like, all right, we're going to put you on this guy and you're just going to shut him down. It's insane. Like it, 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 um, it kind of feels like watching football. And I'm, I'm not the biggest football fan in the world, but like putting your best cornerback uh, on the other team's best receiver and just shutting down one side of the field and just making them throw to the other side of the field every single time. That's what it feels like when, when the Lakers put AD on uh, the other team's best player. It's just you, you can't go through that player anymore. Yeah, I, I think in years past, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, this player can guard all five positions. And in theory, they might be able to, but there's just some matchups that they can't. And Davis is one of those guys that can legitimately guard all five positions. And it's and do it at a high level. And yeah. I remember NBA Twitter telling me that he was going to get played off the floor in these playoffs. And I'm still waiting for it to happen. But... <laughs> Still one of the most ridiculous takes I've ever seen. I'm glad we. I, I took your Palenka quote. You took my. He's going to get played <laughs> off the court. We're we're perfectly in sync. The the synergy is there, and we're we're close to talking about an NBA championship. We're in mid season form or mid playoff form. So, but yeah, it's it's just it's insane. He's truly a basketball unicorn, not only offensively because he's he's a big guy that's athletic, that's lengthy, that can dribble, can you know make passes, can shoot the basketball, can score, is basically a three-level scorer, and can just do all these things offensively. But defensively, man, he's not like Rudy Gobert. Or if you get Rudy Gobert on you know a point guard, that's probably going to be 
not great for him. And right. with AD, it's like he could switch on to anybody, and I think he still has the advantage, which is just crazy to say because the NBA has some unbelievable offensive uh, talents, and it it doesn't matter. I mean, AD, if you're going to score on him, you're going to hit a tough shot more times than not. And, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I thought he should have been the defensive player of the year. I thought Giannis had a hell of a year defensively, and he was deserving of it. I just thought AD was more deserving of it. But I'm also, yeah. I will also admit my bias, and I watch him play on a daily basis. So yeah. we saw that just perfectly exemplified in this game that he, man, just I, – I, I don't know. And I don't really care about, like, the finals MVP talk. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, I don't care who wins it. And. After after tonight, I mean, give my, give my boy some love, but uh, he, I feel like in those MVP, the finals MVP discussions, people won't talk about his defense because a lot of people look at just kind of the counting stats and look at your averages for the series and all that stuff. But yeah. man, his his defense, like I said, to me, it was the most valuable part of this win. Without his his performance defensively, I'm not sure the Lakers win this game. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They won this game on the back of their defense and, and just making some timely shots, uh, you know, towards the end of the game. But uh, without, you know, holding the heat to uh, as few points as they did, and I think they scored 49 points in the second half and, and 48 in the first half, I think, um, they uh, they don't win this game. And Anthony Davis is literally the reason behind that. And that's not to take credit away from the other Lakers because – this is just an incredible team defense that has been this good all year long. Um, and, and these role players and, and even LeBron deserve credit for that as well. Uh, they, they've just been busting their asses off all year. Um, but it doesn't work without Anthony Davis being the guy that blows up literally every play the other team wants to do. You know, they want to run a dribble handoff with BM out of bio and AD is there. They want to do a pick and roll and AD is protecting the rim. Um, there's a broken play and somebody's getting to the hoop. AD is there. Uh, on a fast break, AD is just swiping gently in front of Tyler Harrow's face and he's going to completely <laughs> <laughs> break a layup because it's AD. Um, he His impact on this game was insane uh and it, and it was without him having you know one of those dominant offensive performances even though you know he was good on that end of the floor and made some big shots but it wasn't dominant offensively but his impact on the game uh, on the defensive end was just monumental yeah that's and that's the hero shot is is a great example and i'm glad you brought it up that he doesn't get any kind of statistical credit on that play i mean yeah. unless you dig deep to like some more advanced metrics they look at like matchup data and stuff like that but but yeah, I mean, Hero like on that play thinks he's got a wide open layup, easiest two points he's ever going to score as an NBA player, and all of a sudden here comes a big gold number three like in his peripherals, and it doesn't even draw iron, like he doesn't even get close on a layup just because yeah. of Anthony Davis's presence altering that shot, and he doesn't get a block for it. But stuff like that matters so much, and especially in not only the playoffs but the NBA Finals, where every possession is so crucial, and. You say, I mean, saving a bucket and getting to go run the other way. I don't know. I don't remember if the Lakers scored um, off of that. But, I mean, what looked like, I mean, it was basically kind of like what we saw with Danny Green getting a breakaway dunk where he was kind of strolling along. And I thought Jimmy Butler might catch up to him and might, uh, at the very least, foul him and make him hit hit two free throws. But 
that, that little stuff like that can be make such a huge difference because AD sprints back in a play that he really had no business making. Like that was yeah. just great, great effort. And then just alters the shot and hero misses badly and it saves two points. And in these games, especially, I mean, a game that was tied with six minutes to go that, that stuff, you don't really think about it. I think in the moment, but looking back on it, like little stuff like that matters so much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> contrast the Lakers having the rim protection of Anthony Davis with the Lakers, I believe hitting every single shot they took at the rim in the second half. I'm pretty sure that is a real stat that did happen. Um, it's it's just insane, and the other team has a great rim protector. Like Bam is a is a very very good defensive player. As Jason obviously, Tatum found out the hard way. Exactly. Um, you know, obviously he's a little bit hobbled with the injury, but he's still an incredible player, and he made his own impact on this game as well. But um, it's it's still such a difference between an, a literal all star, uh, arguably the Heat's best player all year, uh, and Anthony Davis. It's it's kind of wild to see that. Mm-hmm. yeah it's what more can you say man just unreal stuff and i don't know i mean i i guess when you're talking about the mvp stuff you could almost argue that the lakers one loss in this series so far has come when he ad was in foul trouble and kind of taken out of the game a little bit so maybe that helps him i don't know like i said i don't really care as long as yeah. the lakers get the larry o'brien trophy you would give the freaking finals mvp to jr smith if, for all i care <laughs> <laughs> give it to dion <laughs> Dion's uh, one win away from getting a ring. Like he, life is so for three games away from winning a ring. <laughs> I was like, life is so good for Dion. Like he he literally knows he's gonna get a championship ring. He's just wondering like who it's coming from. You know, <laughs> like that's the only mystery that's left. But hopefully he gets it from the purple and gold. <sighs> one win away, man. Just one win away. It's 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 so crazy. It's been such a wild journey. Like nobody could have ever expected the circumstances that followed this year and what this team has, has overcome. It's just been such a wild ride and such a fun ride. But um, another thing with this game, I actually thought, despite the shooting numbers in this game, which I, it was kind of crazy that the Lakers shot 36% from the three-point line because I felt like they missed a lot of wide-open looks. And yeah. a lot of the post-game coverage highlighted how many wide-open looks Miami missed without mentioning how many looks the Lakers missed, which was a little baffling to me because it's not like the Lakers were lighting it up I mean, they only scored 102 points, which is a credit in, in a large part to Miami's defense. We're seeing some similarities, I think, to, to what Denver did in terms of LeBron and AD, where they're getting away with some illegal defense. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, refs. Uh, but basically, they've just got guys standing either in the paint or right outside the paint when those guys have the basketball and they're ready to send doubles as soon as they attack. And they're trying to make other guys beat them, and luckily KCP – filled that void tonight and I mean Danny Green hit some shots tonight as well it was good to see him hit a couple threes finish four of eight in the game I think with his um, monitoring his minutes a little bit I'm kind of starting to think that that hip injury is bothering him a little bit because he didn't play very much in the last game and he only played 21 minutes tonight and I know he hasn't been great but he's still to me a trustworthy guy especially defensively Um, but the Lakers (laughs) have the ultimate weapon defensively that I think made it okay for for Green to sit tonight. They just said we're gonna stick AD on on Butler and and basically make other guys beat us. Kind of the way that the Heat are doing to the Lakers, where they're saying we're gonna live with KCP or Danny Green yeah. or Markeith Morris, Kuzma, whoever hitting these shots and beating us. We just want to try and limit LeBron and AD as much as possible. And 
the Lakers kind of took that approach by sticking AD on Butler tonight and said, hey, we're going to make these other guys beat us, which Autobio was was six of eight in this game. I mean, he, I thought he was pretty good considering yeah. he's, he's still banged up and everything. Uh, Crowder was only two of seven. It felt like he was he, he was better offensively than that. But Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero made six threes combined. Uh, Kendrick Nunn wasn't good in this game, but he did hit a couple of threes. But the Laker bench, I thought, in this game was – Better than their shooting numbers would indicate. Markeith Morris, 2 of 8 in this game, but you could just tell kind of his physical presence on the glass defensively. Uh, all that stuff that he brings was was evident in this game. I thought Kuzma in 19 minutes only had 9 points, but he only took 6 shots, 3 of 6, 2 of 5 from the 3-point line. I thought he hit some timely threes in this game, and he shot the ball with confidence. I think especially that corner 3 that he hit, uh, I love that he had his hands ready and he was like antsy for the ball almost. And as soon as he got it, it was semi-contested and just didn't hesitate at all. Just raised up and, and just let it fly and, and knocked it down. Rondo only scored two points in this game, but it was a very important two points getting, yeah. getting a layup down the stretch there. But just, again, kind of the stuff that he does, controlling the game offensively, he had five assists, kind of distributing the basketball. And another – a couple – key offensive rebounds in this game too like that's been a thing with him throughout this playoff run he just seems to have a a knack for knowing where the ball is gonna you know bounce off the rim and and he's just there and he just continues to make big plays for this team and then Caruso I mean the Lakers only had four guys off the bench in this game Um, and Dwight Howard only played eight minutes in this game so it was really kind of an eight-man rotation for the most part Caruso like I said got banged up but man seven points Hit a hit a pretty good pretty big three that I think uh, came right after Miami missed the three so it was a nice little nice little swing there um, to to it was kind of a six point swing and just keeps doing the things that he he does man this this Lakers bench and it was kind of rewarding for me because watching the the post game coverage on NBA TV after the last game Charles Barkley just kept saying over and over that the Lakers have a bunch of guys that are called them Jags just the guy. And I was like, tonight they had a couple guys that were more than just guys. KCP was one of them, but I thought the the bench just provided support in different areas in this game that were all very very needed. Yeah, and I I do want to highlight specifically. I think Kuzma played an incredible defensive game against Jimmy Butler. Anytime he was uh, switched out on him, he worked his ass off and, and was routinely in the right spots. Um, obviously hitting the threes is important for him as well. They need that from him, but his defensive growth all playoffs long, uh, really all year long, but especially in these playoffs has just been amazing. And like you said, everybody really did contribute. Rondo, um, I think he he at times at least really helped them get out of those sort of slumps where, where the Lakers tend to get uh, bogged down and slow offensively, and he really helped them with that situation. Markeith Morris hit, hitting a couple of threes helps although I think he didn't have the greatest defensive game. That said, not completely his fault because he was playing center uh, in those minutes, and, and that's just a really tough ask for him. But um, And obviously Cruz, so uh, we don't even have to say anything. Rihanna was allegedly in, in the virtual crowd, so I think that has something to do with him going balls to the wall today. But um, <laughs> he also does go balls to the wall literally every day, so maybe not. <laughs> Hey man, anytime, anytime she's uh, watching the game, uh, you got to step up, right? Like maybe that's what Casey, KCP, maybe that's why he stepped up and had ultra confidence today. It's because uh, you know he had Riri watching. I think my tweets were better than usual today. I, I, I want to throw that out there. I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but 
Low bar. <laughs> Always set the bar low so you can clear it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> You're learning. Uh, yeah, no, man. I'm just proud of this team. It's, uh, they're, what, 56-0 and 0 now? With, yeah. uh, with a lead going into the fourth quarter. That's such an unreal stat because I thought, I think it was Jacob uh, that tweeted out that this was probably going to be their biggest test yeah. in terms of that stat holding up. And I, I totally agreed with that. I thought, hey, Miami, I think Miami understands this is a must-win game, and they're a tough team, man. They're tough. They just keep coming at you, and you've got to put them away because they're not going to go away. And the, the Lakers played a pretty damn good fourth quarter. I mean, they only won it by one, due in, large, due in part to Tyler Hero screwing a lot of betters in this game who <laughs> might have had the Lakers at minus seven and a half. <laughs> And uh, they were up nine, and then Hero hits a three in the final seconds to make it a six-point game. Hell of a backdoor cover by Miami. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I Going into that fourth quarter, I was so nervous and kind of had those yeah. same thoughts that you did. I was like, man, the, it's like the basketball gods are just nudging Miami forward by, like, banking in threes, throwing in these crazy shots, and, and the Lakers uh, wiped that snarl off of – Tyler Hero's face tonight, and uh, man, that that was super rewarding. Hopefully, they can do it one more time. Shout out to Phil Handy on Instagram going and saying no smirks tonight. I love that dude. I hope he stays here forever. Steve Nash, stay the hell away from Phil Handy. Like Lakers Twitter is going to just meet you in Brooklyn, and and it's going to be on. Like leave him alone. I will burn my Steve Nash Lakers jersey if you sign Phil Handy away from us. I mean, you should have done that already. I don't know why you still have that thing, but <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's talk about LeBron a little bit. We we haven't really talked about him much on this pod, but he's still. It's Wait, he's a Laker. <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, both came up. I mean, both guys came up big when it when it mattered. LeBron obviously a lot better in the second half, which came right after I was. A little annoyed with three seconds left in the in the second quarter, he uh, did not at least try and push the ball ahead and try and get the Lakers a shot. They just conceded the possession and just dribbled the clock out, which was really annoying. But he he came out a different guy in the second half, and especially I thought he played well in the fourth quarter. He started to get to the free throw line, shot twelve free throws, twenty eight points, twelve boards, eight assists, which is crazy because like it still feels subpar for him, and he's he's pointed almost a 20 almost a 30 point triple double and i mean he made big plays when it mattered and i know it's not 2018 lebron that was just like this godlike figure playing basketball but he's yeah. he's still helping lead this team you know him and ad together just leading this team to a, a ch- possibly a championship on friday like it's it's crazy to because it hasn't been easy like I know mm-hmm. that you know they have a chance to to win every series in five games, but these last two series have been a very difficult difficult yeah. series, despite what the the series score might indicate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, we talked a lot after Game Three about the Lakers kind of having this sort of arrogance of being able to turn on a switch, even though, like we said, we, they're not really proven yet. They haven't won anything. You know, you can't really do that until. You know, you're you're a more proven squad. LeBron certainly seemed to turn on a switch today. Um, that first half was, was pretty brutal from him, and it looked like we were kind of heading 
into a similar sort of game. But second half, he was so aggressive getting to the rim. It helped that he hit, hit, he hit those couple of uh, pull-up threes uh, for sure. And when, when LeBron does the staring at the ball, sidestep, slow-ass step back three, and it, and it swishes, you know you're in for trouble. Um, and I think that really opened up the floor for him. And the Lakers did a much better job of spacing the floor for him as well. Uh, with Barkeith starting for Dwight Howard in second uh, in the second half, mm-hmm. um, you know he he had all the space in the world, you know, but except for the fact that that Miami is kind of willing to pack the paint anyway and, and give shots to the Lakers shooters, but it still did open up that that space. And he's he's kind of had um, the opportunity to split double teams a lot this series, I feel like, um, and he's kind of taken it here and there. And when he does, there's no rim protection. Um, and he's able to get to the to the hoop and either score or get fouled or both multiple times. And he did it a lot in the second half as well. Um, he was just kind of – he was abusing dudes. He didn't even really need the, the switches that he was hunting in some of the other games. He was just kind of, you know, uh, still getting the, the, the screens from the guards. But when, when Duncan Robinson is the one kind of hedging, he's like, get out of my way. I'm, I'm getting to the hoop. And it, it works more, more often than not. Yeah, he's – just the the aggressive aggression level i think and that's the that's such a key for him and anthony davis is that when those two are just aggressive obviously not reckless but just more aggressive this this team hits a different gear and he was much more aggressive and we've seen miami kind of have those hard hedges where a lot of times it's jimmy butler guarding lebron um and jimmy butler will go under the screens that they set for him and they'll have it seems to be like a like it's a Duncan Robinson a lot, yeah. but they'll have basically whoever the screeners man is basically hard hedge and just try and kind of occupy LeBron for a second while Butler gets goes underneath the screen and can recover and they're giving him a lot of space. So LeBron kind of countered and said, "All right, well you're giving me space. I'm going to shoot these threes and shot him with confidence and, and got a couple to go and and you know took advantage of of." some opportunities that were there. He had a, a pretty nice cut where Adebayo, I think was trying to deny him the basketball about 30 feet from the hoop. And mm-hmm. he, he cut back door on him and, and got a, got the ball going to, towards the rim and got an easy one. And uh, yeah, just, just found ways, man. It hasn't, like I said, it hasn't been easy at times because teams are just packing the paint and daring him to be a jump shooter. And it, it's really kind of thrown a wrench in the, in the Lakers Lakers offense. But he keeps finding ways to to make the plays that matter and help lead this team to wins and and on the doorstep of an NBA championship and him and AD obviously are the the driving force behind that. But when those two guys are aggressive too, it it opens up so much for for everybody else and it gives those other guys a chance to flourish like we saw with KCP tonight in this game. And I mean, it's just so refreshing too for a team that obviously can put up a ton of points and we've known how good they are defensively all year, but to win a game by just really locking down defensively and and winning a game that isn't in the hundred teens and 120s or whatever, like we've seen them win a number of times this year. And I mean, this game barely hit a hundred for the Lakers and it's just a different type of game that they dug deep and found ways to win. And LeBron had a big, uh, a big part in that and what what more can you say man this this team they just continue to find ways and it's it's just beautiful it's beautiful to watch 
Yeah, no matter what teams have forced them to do, and you know they've they've been able to force them to play out of you know out of their comfort zone. The Lakers are somehow shooting like forty threes a game in the finals, which is not something we expected at all. Hmm. They're still finding ways to win. Like they don't even have to hit a ton of those threes. They they're still getting just enough contributions offensively. And then, you know, tonight, unlike the last game, locking down defensively and that being enough, they're, they're uh, just so talented, number one, but also just so hyper-focused and, and able to adapt. They're, they're incredibly a, a, an, adapt, an adaptable squad that I don't think we've really seen uh, many teams that are as versatile as the Lakers have been. Um, this year in, in, you know, really recent NBA history at all. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see that because we get, it's like watching a different team every game. Yep. Mike, I've said it a number of times throughout these playoffs, like the Lakers don't ever go small. They just go versatile. Like AD yeah. at the five and Markeith and LeBron as your three, four combo is not small by any means, especially in today's NBA. Like that's a lot of teams start with that and, and roll with that type of lineup. And that's the Lakers going small. And just defensively, man, the, the attention to detail in this game was so much better than the last game. I thought the, the intensity and the effort. And like I said, it, it felt like an NBA Finals game tonight. And that was kind of lacking a little bit in the first three games because the first game was a blowout. Second game, the Lakers just kind of felt like they understood we're better than these guys. We just got to, you know, they just kind of kept making the plays they had to to kind of keep Miami at bay. And then in game three, they came out lackadaisical and Miami didn't. And Jimmy Butler was unbelievable. But I think one thing I kind of noticed in this game too defensively from the Lakers, and this is the last point that I really have regarding this game. He likes to drive to his right a lot. Yeah. Um, And it seemed like the Lakers forced him to his left a lot more in this game. And I don't know if that's something that AD noticed or if the, the coaching staff picked up on in film room or whatever, but it seemed like they forced him to go left a lot more in this game. And obviously he, he wasn't going to bully AD to the basket like he did to KCP basically all of game three. And KCP's job basically was more so chasing the shooters around. He was on Robinson mm-hmm. and Hero a lot tonight, and I thought he did a really good job of staying close to those guys. They hit some tough shots. I mean, Duncan Robinson banked in a three for crying out loud. But he also hit – I mean, he hit some tough shots. Like, th- th- those guys are good shot makers, and they're going to yeah. hit some tough shots. But KCP, I thought, did a good job defensively. But just the way they defended Jimmy Butler tonight was just so much better. It just seemed like they really conceded those switches in the last game, and tonight it was – there was, I mean, there were times, uh, there was a time uh, Jimmy Butler got a layup that tied the game with about six minutes left where uh, Caruso's man, I can't remember who, who he was guarding at the time, but set a, a solid screen on AD and they had some miscommunication and let Butler go all the way to the basket. But for the most part, man, the attention to detail, making Butler go left where he, not that he can't go left, but he's obviously much more comfortable going to his dominant hand and I think when he goes left, he's more prone to, to shoot a step-back jumper. And against Anthony Davis, that's exactly what you want. You want a guy yeah. trying to, to shoot over his size and his length and just his, his instincts defensively of knowing when to, to kind of leave his feet and, and contest the shot. I think the game plan was just – the game was, was a battle. It was ugly at times, but the game plan I thought was pretty damn solid in this game. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. And and we kind of discussed that after game three, that it, it really was going to start in the film room and kind of looking at everything that went wrong uh, for the Lakers and what the Heat did to, to really take advantage of some mismatches. Um, and yeah, credit to them. I, I think they did that absolutely perfectly. They didn't let Miami feel comfortable at all in this game. Everything, every shot that they got for the most part seemed like it, it was a tough one for them to get. And, and that's what you expect in the playoffs. Like it was the same the other way around, to be fair. The Lakers were <laughs> shooting a lot of shots with like four seconds left on the shot clock that were yeah. making me very annoyed. But that's just how it goes in the NBA finals. You got to be able to counter multiple defensive rotations and great rotations. And both teams were doing that phenomenally. And I think the Lakers just had a, had a different gear. Um, and, and that's what led to them getting the win. Right. As, as much as we said in the last pod that if the Lakers come out with a better effort, better intensity, especially defensively in the next game, they'll be fine. You know, last game was a result of, that's how the NBA Finals are. If you don't bring that intensity, you're going to get beat. Like, this is the NBA Finals. It's supposed to be hard. And yep. this series has been hard outside of Game 1 for the Lakers. I thought Game 2, I mean, maybe less so, I think, at times maybe, because I thought, man, Miami just really is not going away. Like, the, the Lakers have a comfortable cushion, but they're not really going away. Game 3, the Lakers get punched in the mouth, but this game, they, they really had to to counter some things. And... Just, I'm just impressed with their resolve, man. Because Swolstra is a hell of a hell of a coach, and he's going to make every adjustment that he possibly can. And he has been. I think he's coached his ass off in this series, with his team being undermanned and all that. Uh, they got obviously a big piece back tonight, but the Lakers just keep finding ways, man. And it's it's I, I couldn't stop, but I couldn't help but stop and think of some of these guys on this team possibly getting their first ring, like a Dwight Howard and even a Frank Vogel, you know, yeah. possibly winning a, a championship on Friday. It's just such a cool thing to think about, and I really hope that these guys are able to to finish this thing off on Friday and and get out of that bubble with, with the trophy. And, and it would mean a lot, obviously, to them, but just to the organization and the fan base, just everybody, after uh, what what kind of year it's been for, for stuff off the court and – it would be just really, really cool. So it feels good to to be in this moment. And it's I'm seeing a lot of shades of 2009, and I'll save that for if they if they do win the title. But this team, man, that's all I can say. This team. This team. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful basketball. All right. Uh, normally we get to questions. My I don't know if it's my dashboard or what, but the. Chat's been kind of quiet tonight. I get. I apologize. We kind of came on late. I was kind of soaking in some of the the post game coverage and stuff like that. Um, plus, the the Dodgers are playing right now. I think. Um, I think their game's still going. So, uh, understand if everybody's got other obligations. Plus, it's kind of late for a Tuesday night. So. Uh, oh yeah. I get it. I get it. But we're gonna be back here Friday. Hopefully, talking about the Lakers winning their 17th NBA championship. Man, that would just be it'd be perfect. I was really hoping they had opportunities to close it out on like a, a weekend night where I didn't have to yeah. be up early the next day. And we got an opportunity. We got an opportunity. So hopefully the Lakers can close it out Friday. 
Whether they do or not, we will still be here regardless. We'll be here Friday night live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Be sure to follow or subscribe uh, for as little as five bucks a month. And that would help us out tremendously. And we would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. And you can like and follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Lakers Outsiders. And if you want to join in the chat, I mean, all you got to do is subscribe on one of those platforms and um, you can join the fun with us and Invent when this team loses or celebrate when this team wins and hopefully we don't have to deal with a, a loss for several, several months <laughs> and we can finish off this season the the, the right way, the right way. And yeah, I, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else before we sign off? Um, the Lakers are probably, that is me knocking on wood, winning an NBA championship on Friday. And I would like everybody to join us when we do our podcast so that we can party together. And it'll be fun. Because I haven't I haven't seen like people outside of co-workers in like six months and it freaking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your drinks on Friday if, if the Lakers win. Bring your drinks. And I mean, Hani's a very wholesome individual, so he probably won't, but that's okay. He'll, he'll, Again, DD. He'll, he'll be the DD, <laughs> but uh, I will not be. I will not be if the Lakers win. So I hope hope we have a good time on Friday. Uh, has potential to be very very fun, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. But we're gonna get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for those of you that tuned in live, and always appreciate that. Always appreciate the support. As always, I will edit this after the fact and throw it up either late tonight or early tomorrow morning. Um, on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. You can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M or you can he's always tweeting from at Lakers Outsiders as well. So uh, whatever whatever Hani tweets you want, whatever Hani content you want, you can uh, get on those two accounts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kester or you can uh, follow me on Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash SwissGK. I'm going to hop on since I don't have to work tomorrow, play some video games and have a fun time. So if you guys want to continue the the talk of the Lakers being one win away from a title. I feel like I've said that, said that 38 times on this podcast and it's still not enough. But uh, you can join me there and we can have some more fun. So we're going to get out of here. Honey, you look like you had something to add. No, I'm, I'm just, I was going to say it's a school night. Go, go to bed. <laughs> I, I did swear in one of my tweets. So uh, kids, don't don't go find that tweet. It, it was a Gary after, <laughs> after dark uh bad language tweet so don't don't go see it i think i had a couple too from an account with a lot more followers than my own you had a couple on this podcast too so watch it pal <laughs> hey man we're one one away from the finals who fucking cares <laughs> all right i'm getting us out of here thanks everybody i appreciate it we're getting out of here so with hani amadian aka potty mouth and i'm gary kessler with the lakers outsiders signing off Shout out KCP, I don't care. <laughs>